Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Dragon Cast. My name is Brian Daniels. I'm here with my podcast partner in crime, Victor Salazar. And, Victor, today we have a very special guest with us. We have Ms. Rivka. And, uh, Ms. Rivka Schaffner, thank you so much for joining us here on the Dragon Cast. And, uh, Rivka, how are you doing today? How are you yeah. doing this I slept really well. I weed whacked all yesterday's because, you know, there was some fresh air. <laughs> ah, yeah. Yeah, and um, and it, today is the beginning of the new year for uh, you know the uh, for the Jewish New Year, so it's a pretty good year. Right on. That's and, fantastic. Yeah, and I'm I when I was a little kid, I used to be the shofar player to bring in the new year. So oh, nice. I, yeah, so I. I actually have my original shofar here. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That is amazing. So Rivka, um, the, so for those who don't know who uh, Ms. Rivka is, she, uh, I've, I, uh, I found you on um, this, uh, this group on Facebook called Weird Secondhand Finds. Mm. And, it was, and it's a group that my wife actually uh, told me about. And so she invited me and I joined it and I saw you in a picture wearing this Mario suit, which is incredible, and I know you had went with a friend of yours too, a three yeah, to uh, to and you saw that suit, and then and then and then you had shared with everybody that you actually worked on the uh, Adventures of Super Mario Bros. Three animated show, right? That was the gist of it. Yes. Yeah, and um, yeah, do you, that's, do you that's, want you know the memories? <laughs> go go ahead, go ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. Well, I wanted this jacket has made me uh, aware that there's so many amazing people out there because after that post happened, yeah. there was like a hundred thousand likes and six hundred people like that I don't know wanted to be my Facebook friend. I'm like, wait a minute, are they my student? And then all of a sudden I realized, <laughs> you know, all these messages, can you draw me Mario? You know, all these comments. I couldn't believe it. But it all started that, you know, I just came down to Southern California to work on, you know, to deliver some painting. And, um, and I stayed at my friend's house, Marlene, and she always, we always go thrift shopping. That's her thing. Mm -hmm. So that's I, cool. Yeah. And in Ventura. So, you know, she wasn't, she was really hungry and she goes, I wanted to take you to this place. And I'm like, oh, well, okay. So I go in and it's the most amazing thrift shop I've ever been in. And I'm looking around and she's like, well, we got to get out of here. I only have, I want to go and eat. And then, I said, okay, and I just put the stuff on the rack. I didn't even like put it away. And I turned around and there it was, this three-piece suit. And before I had it, I said, oh my God. And I went to grab it. And before I had a chance to grab it, another hand was on the hanger. I'm like, oh no, this one's mine. And then it was my friend. She goes, I had to grab it before somebody else did because you have to have this suit. It's like so perfect. So that's kind of how, how um, you know, I. I bought the, she, she goes, well, you should go try it on. I'm like, I don't need to try it on. I'm going to frame it and put it in my house. <laughs> and then uh, she <laughs> That's says, amazing. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. And it fits me really good. And I love wearing it everywhere. So where, wherever I go, this is like my new like dress wear. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny that you find it at a thrift store of all places, right? Yeah. You know, somebody probably bought this to wear to a wedding or something. Cause in the jacket pocket or wherever it probably was something. There was no. a jacket pocket, and it was what, filled. Those places are full of gold mine. Yeah, like, it, was, it was. It was filled items. with. 
it was filled with this like piece of paper, but I had like 20, oh. 30, 30 of them in here. And I picked, I'm like, what's in the pocket? And I thought it was money and it was all these things. So it was sort of like somebody must have worn it as a advertising thing to, and then here it is on me. And here you are watching me in my studio um, with, with one of my favorite shows that I ever worked on because my boss was just totally cool. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, you you you've helped build the childhood memories of millions. So it does not surprise me one bit that once people notice or realize you helped create that Super Mario image, you know, back in Super Mario Three, or I should say Super Mario Brothers, the animated show, people just said, "You gotta do this for me." Oh my God, you're like you've always been there for me. I was up early every Saturday morning to make sure I caught that show. You know, because that's exactly what. Mario does it just it brings so many people together and they always want to give thanks to those that brought Mario to their lives it's, it's amazing it's amazing Rivka oh it's like weird because like when I was a kid you know I was working on that in like 87 or something like that and I mean the show came we were working in 86 or 87 I can't remember and then um and it was just another show. I had just gotten off one show and I was moving on to the next show because they move you around and shows to shows. And I'm like, what's this Mario thing? And they said, you're going to be perfect for the show. You like <laughs> bright colors. And, and, and then I didn't, nobody really knew what Super Mario Brothers was because we were just the artists. And my boss, he's just a famous photographer and he, he is also a gamer. So he had to, um, we sat in his office, all the, co the crew and, um, he would say, okay, get out your drawing pads. Cause you know, there was no cameras, like, you know, cell phones, nobody thought, nobody thought about taking a picture of it and then bringing it to the place and making it <laughs> and then making it into, so we were there with our keys and our drawing pads and whatever level he was at, we were able to get to that character, that background. And the thing with Mario is that it did, the game didn't come with any like pamphlets. And that was, kind of hard for us because we didn't have anything to go by so we had to actually play the game so for the entire time that we were making that show John would uh, be playing the game and then he'd say I'm at level 17 everybody get in here so you know, we'd all <laughs> run in there and we would like be sitting there you know trying and you know I was with my color keys trying to get the right colors and um, it was like it was like the craziest show I ever worked on because we would sit around most of the time and then then we would get to work, you know, and then they'd yeah. say the show was due yesterday. I'm like, wait a minute. He hasn't even gotten to the right level. We don't know what it looks like. And it's so colorful. Mario three, uh, the Mario is just, it's just so colorful. There's so many bright colors. There's so many different shapes. I mean, all that stuff is just, you have to experience it to know exactly how to do convey that. So it's, yep. it's, it's great that that's the type of experience you guys have to have to, to have those creative juices moving, you know, to make it happen. Because again, childhood memories, man, <laughs> sitting there just watching that. It's like, this, this is amazing. It's like the games. It's good. That's fun. Fun is what it is, you know? Yeah. And I real, you know, like when people were messaging me or the, all those comments that were going on on the Facebook thing, I, I never realized how important Super Mario Brothers was to people. I, <laughs> I, I really didn't know because, you know, I'm older, I'm 60. So, you know, I, I just had it as a job and I never, you know, whenever I see Mario, I'm like, hey, my show. I mean, whenever I see anything in the store and, <laughs> you know, I never really think that it's like amazing 
thing, you know? And so I'm just really excited that you guys are doing this interesting way of bringing education to the world without having to pay NBC or CBS or whatever, <laughs> all those big broadcasts. I, I love this right. underground kind of movement of podcasting. Absolutely. That's, that's, you know, that's what we do here at, uh, at, you know, on the Dragon Cast. We've been around for quite, quite a few years now. And um, it's actually mm -hmm. great, uh, Rivka, that we're having you on the show today because um, it's actually the 35th anniversary uh, back on September the 13th is the 35th anniversary of Mario. Oh, my God. So that's actually pretty awesome to have you on the show. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Uh, and, and that's uh, so cool. That's yeah. so cool because that's my birthday, September 13th. Well, there you go. It just makes sense. See, ah, really? <laughs> the stars are aligning. Yeah. I'm it's, telling you. There you go. 2020 when the universe rocks. calls, man, it just happens. That's right. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, so, of course, I've got, you know, we've, we've got a lot of questions to ask you here. That's why we brought you on the show. I want to start off. Um, you, let, you told me that you became an artist at the age of four. That's, that's impressive. So uh, how did you get, you know, at four years old, what was it about wanting to be an artist at such a young age? Like, how did you get involved in that? How did you get so drawn into doing something like that? Well, let's see. Um, my parents always would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And since art was a huge part of my life, I mean, my dad was an art collector and my all of my aunts and uncles were artists. And you know, my aunt was one of the, she was the first woman to show a female, to show a one woman show at the Houston Museum of Art. And, and so that was, whenever I would go to Houston, she would, I'd say, Aunt Betty, draw me something. And then she'd get a paper plate and she'd draw these Sharpie lines and hand me markers and I would, um, you know, color. And so I, I've been around a lot of art. So I guess, um, also, I was really artistic, and so when I was four years old, I met my first art teacher, Eva Roberts, and she was this old Jewish-Russian lady that was just um, outrageous dressed, like bohemian, you know, totally 60s with thousands of skirts and things, and she was totally avant-garde crazy woman, and she, she started teaching me when I was four, so that was my first professional lesson, and by the time I was um, six, I was teaching art to real students in a real classroom. My first grade teacher just wow. said, you're so much better, you're so much better than me. And so he set me up a little table in the back room. I'm like, okay, you two come over and we're going to get you started. And so that's when I started really teaching professionally. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's so, that's crazy, that's right? Such a young age. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad that my parents like, you know, always, Put you know, let, let, pushed me into the direction that I needed to go to be whatever I was going to be. Yeah, it's you always know. good. But my dad always yeah, used to I, say, I think that's a, it, it, my dad used to say, that's always um, important. I always thought. Mm -hmm. He'd always I'm say, sorry, go ahead, Rifka, go ahead. Okay. Zoom is hard because there's that rebound thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but um, my dad used to say, I know it's, you want to be an artist, but you know, you have to also think about the fact that you need to make money. So in case you fail, you should be a teacher. And I'm like, you don't even believe in me. You know, I cannot believe my dad. <laughs> so I did get my teaching credentials eventually. It took me a while, but I, you know, I got them, but I was teaching at such a young age that when the district hired me, like full, you know, full-time teacher, I was, 
I was a, called an artist in residence and I was like 15 years old and I got, you know, I w became artist in residence at that age at my school district back in Thousand Oaks. Wow, wow, 15 year old teacher with credentials. That's amazing, that's teacher. great work. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> that is that is super impressive, Rivka, that you at such a young age, at fifteen, and uh, being able to have those credentials to teach other people, yeah. um, and then it's always good too when you have parents that encourage you to uh, to do your own thing and find your own way, but you know have that support from them as well. It's always um, you know parent you know parents being involved with their children is absolutely important. Um, and uh, I'm, it's great that you had that direction from the, and guidance from them. Um, and something that, you know, it seems like your father already had some uh, very extensive knowledge in being an art collector as well, right? So that's always definitely a great thing. Um, it said you, all, you, you also told me that you, uh, you did some hand-painted T-shirts too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> tell, me, tell us about that. Tell yeah, let's know about this. Oh, my God. That was like an amazing part of my life. I made so much money doing that. I bought like three houses and just kept getting, you know, whatever. Wow. I had to wow. figure, out, had to figure out how to shelter my money. You know, my mom says, you got to buy a house. Yeah. <laughs> so like oh, back Brian, then, Brian, we're in the wrong business, man. We're in the wrong business. You got to get in the t-shirt business. <laughs> yeah, but remember. So go ahead. So how did that start, Rivka? Like what happened? Yeah. Okay, well, let's see, you know, because since I was a small kid, you know, since I was a young kid, I was always composing. So I would always have, you know, my compositions. Mm -hmm. And then um, when I was, I think I was like four, 15, I was in this class at high school, we had like a whole huge art program. And um, this, we, we made block prints. And instead of printing it on paper, like everyone else, I thought, oh, I'm gonna make us, I'm gonna print it on material, and I'm gonna make something out of it. So, you know, I, so I started like, she goes, well, I don't know if you can be printing on material, but then she found some ink that prints on material. So, you know, I started printing on material. And then when I turned 17, I met this woman named Nadine Mitchell and she lives in Santa Barbara or she does a Santa Barbara show. But before she was in my, I was a soft freshman and she was a senior getting out of college. And she took me under her wing and she says, hey, you know, I'm leaving this, this area we, you know, I paint on t-shirts for a living. No one does it. I want to teach you the secret and um, then you can take my place. And I'm like, what? Okay. So she, wow. she <clears throat> told me, gave me her secrets. And then I just started doing my designs. And then I would, at my co college campus, you know, you have these art shows in the quad. So I would like pay my $5 and do a show. And like, before I knew it, like all the work was gone. Cause I was doing my fine art on the t on the t-shirts. And so then wow. it got to the point where, you know, I was doing front and back because I thought I got to make this worth it. So then, you know, I was selling them for $15. And then the next thing I know, I was, people said, I really like the front, but I don't really like the back. And so I started just painting the front for $15. And then every day, every time I do another show, I just raise it two more dollars. And so my shirts were going like for $65 back in the 80s, the early 80s. And, uh, you know, like down in in Beverly Hills, you know, cause I was doing all those Beverly Hills yeah, shows yeah, yeah. and That's I got, yeah. and then I got picked up by three shops that wanted to have my shirts in them and then became, and then they wanted my clocks and all my artwork. So I was showing my work at, in Honolulu at Pomegranates in the Sun and I was showing in Pasadena and I was showing in Beverly, well, not Beverly Hills, Westwood, Westwood. 
and so near UCLA. And so I was, it just like, I couldn't paint fast enough. And then my <laughs> friends would say, you should silk screen. I'm like, are you crazy? No way. These are art. I don't want to, you know, you know, bring my standards down. But, you know, Andy Warhol was silk screening at that, you know, at that level. So finally, my friend made me a silk screen machine and silk screen my black lines. And uh, I didn't really like doing it that way. But the black was certainly much better than a Sharpie pen because Sharpies would... Mm you know wash away so anyways my shirts are collector's items and people always show me shirts that they got and you know my it's always dated so like 81 the what a treasure and then and then people found out about me at like uh david walper's wife i don't know if you know who he is because you guys are really young but he was um he was a famous uh producer down in beverly hills <laughs> anyways he produced the 84 olympics down in la and got all those murals painted on the freeway and things like that. So anyways, his wife was one of my collectors from that store. And then she uh, called me up and says, hey, you know, I want you to do these shirts for my husband. It's his birthday. So then um, she, I, she says, just come over to my house. So it's, it's, it was in Brentwood. So I drive up and there's all these cop cars in front. And I'm like, where am I going? You know, I'm just this kid. I mean, seriously, I was a super kid. And then, uh, and then I drove up and then I came to this house that was like my, in my wildest dreams and never thought I could be in a place like this. They, they collected artwork of my favorite artists like Henri Moore, the famous sculptor was like all, and then James Rickey and Pablo Picasso and, um, uh, you know, just all these famous, all these famous artists that, you know, you only see in a book. And, and I'm standing right by, by them. And then she goes, I want you to paint my husband's Picasso collection. I'm like, what? And so then, you know, so I got to paint all these shirts for his birthday. And then, then when the Olympics came around later on, I painted his Olympic shirts every day. He'd wear a different shirt of my work for each of the, you know, 14 days. And so, and then this one guy got in touch with me and he traveled, he's a world traveler and he travels everywhere. And so he, he, wherever he would go, he would have, have me, he would paint up like, I would paint up like 50 shirts for wherever he was going. Like if he was going to Bora Bora, I would do like a scene underwater. Or if he was going to the North Pole, I would, or South, he went to the South Pole, I got to paint the Amundsen Scott Station. And so he would take these shirts in his suitcase and then wherever he went, he would give people Rifka t-shirts. So my shirts have been on every continent, even Antarctica. Wow. And so that's, from there, that's how, because of my t-shirt business, um, you know, I won lots of awards and I got into the museum of, on uh, this place called Mota Adam, which is uh, the museum on Main Street in Santa Monica. It was the very first t-shirt museum and I was the very first star. <laughs> and then wow. some other, other people came in. But um, so I got to be in the first ever t-shirt museum and I, I, I never re really, um, I, I just never really thought much of it, but you know, as I look at my past life, I was lucky to be young and excited and um, just ready to do things during the time when women could break into the art world because mm -hmm. it was a male dominated world. And let me tell you, working with Deke at the animation company, there were 600 male, you know, 600 employees and right. seven of us were female. Yeah, 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 and yeah. So, so 
yeah, that's 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 impressive about your um, you know your T-shirt. I mean, having those shirts be all over the world like that. That's I, I can't imagine having something like that be be literally all over the world. That's that's just that just blows my mind. And I'm sure for you, especially when you found out, you know where all these shirts were going and things like that. It was just a very eye-opening. Uh, experience and it also showed you you know just how good your artwork is too which yeah. is, it's amazing by the way I've had a pleasure of seeing and going through a lot of your pieces and you you do a fantastic job with that and rightfully so it should be all over the world absolutely um, you, you talk about Deke, uh, Deke Animation um, tell us about how you uh, got involved in, in the, with them and how you uh, you know how they f- came to found, find you or if you, if you came to found, find them and and then go from there. How did, how did you get involved in all that good stuff with Dick Animation? Well, you know, I went to CSUN and um, my all my friends were, you know, art majors and I, I, ID majors. So, you know, so my best friend, Marley Marafino, you know, we met when we were 17 in the painting class or whatever. She had all these friends and then we all became friends and we had parties every week, you know, like theme parties, you know, art parties, like, you know, so, um, you know, it was always outrageous and people would make these outrageous costumes and we, and he, and the guy that would have like the big, huge parties was named Tony Levine and he invented Crush Kitty. And I know you don't know who that is, but back in the eighties, it was the most amazing sellout thing. It was the Kilbron kind of looking cat, which you, I don't know if you remember, it was an orange and black striped cat mm-hmm. and he he had and then he made it so that you know you close your trunk and the cat would be half his back, back and would be halfway <laughs> out of the car you know so anyways he he just you know he was just like this crazy guy and he got a job with alchemy too which is the teddy ruxpin company mm-hmm. where we we did the whole teddy ruxpin stories we built teddy we designed teddy we clothed teddy we when Teddy came to the hospital, when they, Teddy broke, Teddy came back to Alchemy too, and we'd work him and then send him back with a little hospital gown, you know, to the kid. And I was working on the books, illustrating the books. And then um, one day something horrible happened and our whole company went under. And uh, because of laser tag, that little boy was killed in Echo Park by a yeah. cop by accident, you know, the, he, he, you know, laser tag looks like a gun. And the kid was just playing in the park there and they, somebody said, hey, there's somebody in the park with a gun. And they said, put down your gun. And he's like, oh my God, there's somebody in the park with a gun. And uh, it was him and they shot him. And so our company was, Worlds of Wonder was part of the whole, you know, the whole Atari thing. And um, we were all like, Part of the same company. I was just an offshoot company and so um, yeah we all basically got laid off because our company went um, you know th- they closed it because you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So anyways yeah. all my friends yeah, yeah so um, <clears throat> uh, but he, the guy that was firing us Russell every day he would come in and say he'd bring you, you in and he'd say I and I said I said am I fired did you are you firing me are you serious and he goes I, and I says how come you haven't fired all these other people how come I'm the first to go and he goes because Rivka come on really you can make a living being an artist these people aren't you know you can easily get back into making money somewhere some other way Mm-hmm. And so I choose you because I know that you're a leader. <laughs> so we fired because I was a leader. 
and, oh, wow. and then, and so all my <laughs> yeah, so all my friends that were working at D, I mean, um, Alchemy Two for Teddy, mm -hmm. um, they came from deep. They came from Disney. They were they were headhunted. So when the thing, when the game, en I mean, when the show ended or the books ended, they all went back to Deke and Disney and stuff. And so they just called me and said, "Hey, Rivka, um, you know, do you do you want to uh, get a job in animation?" I'm like, "I'm not an animator. Are you serious?" They're like, "Oh, really? You totally can fit in. There's all these different jobs, and we have a job for you." So that's kind of how I got in. And the way I got into Alchemy Two was my friend Tony from Crush Kitty. He was working there and he, they needed another colorist and that's my major yeah. in college. Yeah. I was a color major. So oh, okay. <clears throat> they, they needed, okay. yeah, I was the only color major in the history of CSUN. I had to make my own major mm. up because they didn't have my major. Oh, and I wow. Yeah, I didn't want to do the regular stuff because I already had, I already, by the time I got to college, I was already doing like way past college work. So I, I wanted to work with improving my color on materials. So my, my thesis was doing this book and using all sorts of different fibers and using these dyes, whatever. So anyways, <laughs> the, um, the, my, my, my friend said, you know, Tony said there's this place for this um, opportunity for you to work in, the, in this company. So I met Dave High, who was my very first job, my first boss, that I worked when I started working for the man. And um, <laughs> I was always an independent kind of contractor. Right. Anyway, anyways, he, I said, I have nothing to show you. All I have to show you is my portfolio of my, my artwork on t-shirts. And he's like, he hired me right away. He said, wow. yeah. Wow. So that's kind of how I got it. That's how I got in from a friend who suggested me. Cause you know, back then you could have friends and get into the industry. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not yeah. like now. So different now. And then, um, so then when I got into, when I got, and then Dave High moved over to Deke and he started working for them. And the next thing I know, I was working for Deke. And my first boss was David Carroll and he hired me on Cops. <laughs> the story is just getting better and better. <laughs> I love this. This is fantastic. Right? So, so Dave, Dave, Dave High, I mean, I, I mean, um, um, my boss, um, uh, David Carroll, he, he ended up working at DreamWorks and then eventually, you know, he's a, he's a, he's the head of, he worked on all those DreamWorks films. Animation, he was in color, head of color there. So when you see dust behind the, whatever of a cart, uh, when you're watching like Prince of Egypt, he was the head dude behind there saying, okay, oh, Lee, I, cool. want you to make, I want you to make dust. I want you to make the light coming through the dust. So they were working, they were like an original company working in Simi Valley, working on um, all that, uh, like new stuff. Oh my God, yeah, it's so yeah, new. Yeah. 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 But, but anyways, um, I kind of lost my friend. <laughs> it's okay it happens <laughs> no it's it's amazing you have so much you have so much yeah. history and so much background and so many experiences yeah. it's great how it's just one project or one job or one experience led right into another right right, right into another right into another and i've always found that amazing how just you know speaking to friends or just speaking to you know your associates can lead to another opportunity. 
So it, it doesn't hurt to just, hey, you know what? I've been doing this. Oh, yeah, I got a friend that does this. Or I know somebody that can, you know, help you out with that. Just like how you did with the T-shirts. That was amazing how someone took you under their wing and said, I'm going to show you the ropes. I will teach you the secrets here so that you can yeah. continue my work. That was amazing. To me, it's like, that's cool, man. Got to be at the right place, know the right people. And you know what? Sometimes. Well, yeah, but those were just my jobs. My real job is being an artist. So like, you know, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a graffiti artist. I like was out there before Keith Haring was even showing on the, you know. The graffiti artist, that's, doing, a, that, that's, like, that's crazy because, you know, the, the South, I mean, over here in Southern California, you see it everywhere. Oh, yeah. You know, it's everywhere. And I remember when I was about 12, 13, 14, I heard for the first time graffiti artist. And I remember thinking to myself, really? Because, you know, people see graffiti as a very negative term. And for someone to say, hey, that's a work of art and actually use that style to create art was amazing. We even had a graffiti artist create our high school logo. I went to Fremont High School in South Los Angeles. And they had the Pathfinders logo created in the graffiti art styles thing to, I guess, showcase that type of art. So I'm very curious to see and know how you came into the picture as a graffiti artist. Mm -hmm. Well, um, one day I lived in Thousand Oaks. There was popular, when I was growing up there, it was 1960 and President uh, John F. Kennedy was president mm -hmm. and we hadn't gone to Vietnam yet or anything like that. So we were just this rural town that had 2000 people and, um, and my, and we lived in the middle of nowhere and the sheep guy, the guys, the, the sheep herders basically mm -hmm. ran the town. It was, a, it was sort of, uh, so much, so much different in thousand oaks now, huh? <laughs> oh yeah. I go back. I'm like, Oh my God, my neighborhood. Yeah. It's like a million people. There's a stoplight every five feet yeah. on oh, Thousand yeah. Oaks Boulevard. When I was when I was growing up, there was a stoplight at uh, Moore Park and Thousand Oaks Boulevard. That was it. That was pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> Pars was the big restaurant, and you know we we had you know it was just like um, that we we had Jungle Land, and Jungle Land was a place where the movie star animals lived. So we had like Leo the lion and all the yeah. chimps oh, and wow. and all the camels and all, all the stuff for the movies. Yeah, uh, that was the that was a lot. So, and that's where I had my birthday when I was seven. I had for my birthday there. <laughs> that's a pretty that's a pretty cool birthday for a seven year old. I'm telling you, yeah. man, this story is getting better and better. So, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry for sidetracking the conversation. So, go ahead and continue with the graffiti artist and how that came to be, uh, Rivka. Yeah. Okay, so one day, the freeway came through Thousand Oaks, and 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 it came in like when I was like. 10 years old, and then they wanted to do an offshoot freeway out into Simi Valley, which mm. is um, where, so there became an under, an under, but, but, you know, a bridge, mm -hmm. you know, so, and, you know, um, and, and when they were carving away the road and everything to make this bridge, there was, you know, that rock, it's like chalk. Mm -hmm. Anyways, there was a lot of that chalk rock all over. So we would go and play under the freeway and, and well, this freeway bridge thing um, <laughs> in my neighborhood. And, um, and, and we, we would take chalk rock and we would just totally graffiti, you know, our artwork. I don't know, I didn't call it graffiti. I called it mural, mural painting or whatever. <laughs> so I started, doing, 
but I was doing it on, I was defacing public property, uh, apparently. But, you know, you could erase it with a hose. Yeah. I never really yeah. thought much of it because we all, we all used chalk rock to do hopscotch and everything. So mm -hmm. it was like a thing back then. Is it something that doesn't really come there, to mind that it's destructive, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so then, well, um, I got introduced, well, you know, I've always been a mural painter. I've painted murals all over the San Fernando Valley in LA and up here. And so I paint murals, but there was, I used to work, uh, remembered, I mean, you don't remember, but there was a thing called busing. And um, that's when they took the kids from East LA and they brought them into the San Fernando Valley. And they, and then the kids from San Fernando Valley went to East LA so we could have like a cross-cultural community, you know, in education. And that was going oh, wow. on in the, the 80s, the late 80s. Yeah. And so I was part of the, I was a busing teacher, I guess you want to say, because all of my kids were from East LA. And mm. they were right out of South, mm. they were right out of um, El Salvador, Guatemala, Mexico. Mm. Uh, I had kids yeah. that didn't speak any, I, I had a class of 45 and like half of them didn't speak English, but thank goodness I was an art teacher because you really don't need to speak much. All you have to know is the colors, and I learned mm -hmm. great. I learned the colors real quickly. And, <laughs> but anyways, um, uh, and uh, and so I I so you know I never realized how gangstery it was back then. But mm -hmm. you know the 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 gang the gangs came from East LA into my classroom and I had no idea because I love all my kids. They were, yeah. they didn't have a lot of money. So instead of getting a lab fee and trying to get money out of these kids, I just went out cause I had enough money. I, I just, I just bought, I bought like $3,000 worth of supplies and gave every kid their own pencil wow. kits and their own uh, books and everything so they could get started. And, um, Oh, lots of things happened. I found out that my kids were all packing like real early on when, you know, this, this yeah. incident happened in my classroom. I was taken all, and, you know, anyways, this whole gang thing happened and this little boy got ganged up on and all 40, all the other kids were encircling him. I'm like, hey, and they had their guns out and their knives out. And I'm like, hey, what are you guys doing, man? Put, you know, and they're like, yeah. I said, put down your knives, put down your guns. What are you doing? Bring those to class. And they're like, yeah. e, bro, e, yeah, Ms. Rivka, yeah, yeah. this guy called you a blanking bitch, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, I grew up in that area in the late 80s, early 90s, and that was not an uncommon scene. So, yeah, I know exactly what you, you went through. And I'm, yeah, well, I'm, I'm, glad to, I'm glad to hear that the students were behind you, like they, they oh, had yeah. your back. Because, you know, there was yeah. other instances where they were not. So, yeah, um, I I would, I broke into the circle and I was like, but, and, and then I was like, what are you guys doing? So I was in the middle and there was guns all around me, but Ooh. it didn't, but you know, it didn't scare me because like, shoot, I'm from Thousand Oaks. Everybody has a gun. We're a different breed, Brian. We're a different breed. <laughs> Obviously. What am I, what am I missing over there? Okay. What am I missing out on? <laughs> yeah. So anyways, it really didn't scare me or bother me or anything like that because I knew my kids yeah. totally adored me and yeah. loved me. And so they were protecting yeah. me from this boy that was saying mean things about me. And I'm like, tell the little boy, hey, you know, you know, what's going on? He goes, hey, he said, he, you know, I, he yeah. told me I had to get out of that chair. And I, and I go, well, you, you need to get out of that chair because, you know, he's the head <laughs> of the blood. <laughs> and then I have the, the head of the crypts are over on this side of the classroom and you cannot sit in the head chairs. 
that's just pretty much common knowledge. You Did don't you? mess around. And so, so then. You, so, so you were like the godmother so of the game. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so then. So then, so then I says, you can't be sitting in his chair. And she, she goes, there's no assigned seating. I'm like, I know there's no assigned seating, but as of today, there is assigned seating. And you've been sitting in this chair for the whole semester. And you got to go sit back there or get out of my classroom. So then he ran out of class. So I ran to the door and I'm like, and don't come back, you know. But, you know, oh boy, that was a bad thing. I got the principal told me I wasn't allowed to say that. I'm telling you, the story's getting Wow. So one of, so the guy that was protecting me, you know, E is Rivka, I'd be better than nothing is a he's like <laughs> like he want, he says, check out my latest piece. He would come in, you know, I'm not gonna say his name because you know, I don't wanna Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, at that time we had Polaroids. And so you could take an instant picture. Mm -hmm. So he would be bringing in his Polaroids and showing me his latest piece that he did on a bridge or whatever. Nice. And so and I'm like, wow, I, I these are amazing what doesn't it bother you that you come in you, you it's on the wall and then you know they had this big huge like graffiti cleanup thing you know back in those days where they took that whatever paint that they recycled and then painted everything over the next yeah. day so anyways i said doesn't it make you feel um sad that you do these beautiful pieces and they're um gone the next day and he goes yeah it is kind of depressing and you know i kind of relate to it you know mm -hmm. and then and then i says you should get on canvas so this classroom had this like back room and I says you should start spraying on canvas and then you know whatever go from there so I set him up I showed him how to stretch canvases I got him all prepared and then he was back there and I bought him all the spray paint and he was back there with no ventilation and all the kids oh. were in the classroom and like right there and he sprayed away and it's like oh the smell of spray paint is like so wonderful to me so anyways <laughs> he so and all the kids were like wow I can't believe he's doing this amazing work and and so he anyways uh you know if osha had come into my classroom i would have been like totally like shut down but um, back then you could get away with pretty much <laughs> they don't they didn't even want to show up in the classroom let me tell you so anyways um, it was a rough place but then um the pasadena school of college of design like the most prestigious art school in all of california contacted that's my student and um gave him a full scholarship so he went from being like the head of a gang and getting in some street trouble, not trouble, but, you know, getting in, you know, it's blood in, blood out. But anyways. Um, you know what, Rivka, so, let's stop you for just a quick second. You are like the Jaime Escalante of art. <laughs> That's what it sounds like to me. You know, you had some troubled kids and you gave them an outlet and look what's going on, man. It was it was, it's, 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 it's amazing. I love it, man. I love it. I love it. I do too. I love it. I can't, I'm so, I'm still, I still am looking forward to that student friending me on Facebook. But <laughs> I don't know if he ever will. Right. Man, that's, that's so, that's <laughs> but, you so know, man, that's so incredible. Right. People friend me and they, they're my students since I've been teaching for so long, you know, kids that, you know, or like they come out of the woodworks and like, oh my gosh, Ms. Rivka, you changed my, my whole life perspective. And, 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 you know, and they write me these novels and I'm like, wow, I didn't really know that I made such a difference. You know, I was such a, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I was, I was Ms. Bitchka in school. You know, it's like, if you <laughs> don't have a work, I really don't want to even see it. You can show it to me, but you're not going to turn it in because I don't even want to look at it. I'm just, I've been looking at, I want to only look at good art. So I pushed my kids. No, it's, it's, and it's, so anyways, yeah, 
so that's and that's how I kind of got involved with like the East LA kind of kids <laughs> and learning about the graffiti. And then I and, and you know and so I had this guy that I could look up to, this boy in my class. He was so good. So you know I kept practicing and practicing and practicing, and then I got hired doing my graffiti work. So I mean, I, after a while, I was paid for it instead of you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's I have, That's I awesome. have made I have made a pact with myself that I will never do well I probably will never do illegal graffiti uh, ever again <laughs> after the last time I did it but it's it's in, it's invigorating it's like rock climbing you know you're at the top of the rock and it's mm -hmm. like you're going to die maybe cuz mm -hmm. you're the same thing with graffiti it's like this really like charge that you're going to create this amazing piece for people to wake up and see it's like free you know uh -huh. and, yeah, that was, yeah. and so that was going on in brooklyn back in the day when they were burning down all the mm -hmm. uh the buildings to try to get the insurance money and so graffiti artists just had a heyday you know back yeah. down there and stuff like that <laughs> and that's when keith herring started showing up in samo who was john michelle basque and so samo <laughs> was doing the east coast and the west coast and then um Herring and I were just, he was on opposite coast, but he was an art teacher. I was an art teacher. We we're both graffiti artists. And then we both had ended up in Tokyo at the same time. Nice. Um, I was doing my, nice. my work and he was doing his work out in Tokyo in 83. And so we always kept missing each other, but we always knew who each other was, you know, because of our perspective things that we did. <laughs> it's amazing how things work out. I'm just, I'm so, I'm blown away by it, you know? I really am how, again, just leads into one thing to another. And then it just creates this path for you that's so full of life experiences that are fulfilling, you know? That's just that's so amazing. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I, I uh, want to touch on... Um, yeah, well, go ahead. I want to I touch on the, uh, you know, uh, when people really discovered you was recently back in February. Um, you had all these people um, coming to you when you made that post on, on Facebook um and then you had all these like you said a hundred thousand likes on there and things like that and people uh see see you in the in the mario suit that you're wearing right now which is fantastic um <laughs> you know uh i want to know did you uh before you worked on the the animated mario show you know what was your um knowledge of mario before you did that had you ever played any of the games before then and then after the show and doing this post you said that uh, you've had people like sending you uh, letters and things like that. You know, mm -hmm. what are some of the interactions you've had recently with those people since, and, and how has how has it touched your life or impacted your life uh, now having all of these people that you didn't know coming out, <laughs> reaching out, reaching out yeah. to you, and all that? What's that? How's that? How's that been an impact for you too, as well? Okay, so the first question you asked is how much did I know about Mario before I started working on Mario? And basically I didn't even know who he was. Okay. I mean, the last time, the last time I played a video game, well, yeah, the last time I played a video game before the Mario thing, I, I was playing Pong and it was at one of my students' houses when I was teaching, you know, private art lessons. And he had this machine and you push the thing and then ding, ding. And I'm like, oh, this is like way too much for me. I can't do this joystick. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. I'm not a, and then, you know, I tried to play later on in life in 2006, I tried to play Grand Theft Auto, but I just didn't. Oh, have wow. That's a big good. jump from Pong to Grand Theft Auto, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah but that was my second video game I ever played. And then Grand Theft Auto was so amazing that I brought it into my classroom and I, I forced my kids to play it. <laughs> it was like it like my kid said oh wait i said we i wish i had grand theft auto i can't believe it i'm playing this game where it's like in 3d studio max and you can move it all around and it's like exactly <laughs> what we're learning. i wish that i could have the game and my kid goes one of my kids like hey i have an xbox or whatever it is and then he hooked it up to my tv i'm like okay every one of my students you have to have 15 minutes on playing this game to get the credit the 10 points or whatever wow participation so but now grand theft auto is very like violent and mm. stuff but back in the day it was well i don't know it, it was it was it was still at the beginning was, before it got to where it is now you know yeah 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 and i played that game in pomona that's where i got to play that game down in pomona oh wow <laughs> so um so anyways uh you know when when this whole mario thing like erupted on facebook um you know i i'm already kind of a famous artist so I really wasn't thinking nothing I was just roaming around on Facebook and I love that yeah I love that page it's so funny the things people find anyways um people people were like pouring out their life story like I had a man in Australia and now he's my total friend but I mean all these people from all over the world not just the United States I have Facebook friends now from every walk of life, every religion, every country, every um, every uh, belief system, every kind of person in, that could be a possibly imaginary, uh, just everything that's that can be different about a human being are my friends now, not just my local family. And so I try to uh, I, I I try to follow all of my friends on Facebook, and I've been watching one of my girls get she's two months pregnant and she's talking about her pregnancy so I get to go through the whole pregnancy with her and I didn't even know who she was in, in February on on February on January 31st I had no idea who she was so I'm making these friends this tattoo guy and this <laughs> just drove, makes these amazing incredible whole kind of tattoos and all these crazy you know tattoos that are like from the comic books and and to just average people that just wanted to start following me so anyways um it was overwhelming how many stories came out that they said that mario you you saved my life if it, my parents were going through a divorce or whatever it is things horrible things were happening in my life and so i would just go in my room and i would just plug into mario and you know and and that's what I, that's what helped me get through my childhood and i was like oh my god it's like i didn't even have any idea so, um, so I love all of my new Facebook friends because it makes the my my feed very interesting, <laughs> and I try to have contact. I don't just put a like or something. I, if it really touches me, I like to respond. And so, so I've been um, really blessed with you know that. And then, um, and then um, from that Facebook post, I got. Um, interviewed for the most popular uh, unusual things ever purchased at a thrift shop and there was 40 of them and I was like I was on second on the list or you know my picture was and it was such a terrible picture that day I wasn't feeling really good I just driven like 400, 400 miles and you know here we are thrift shop 
and I'm starving and I'm looking terrible and I'm wearing so so anyways it's like amazing you know like how that day changed my whole way my life moved and um, and now um yeah and then there was a lot of people going can you draw Mario for me I'm like oh my god there's like 40 people that want me I have paintings to paint I don't have time for this Mario stuff (laughs) okay I'm gonna I'm going to do it. So I drew Mario, but instead of drawing Mario the original way that he was drawn back in the 80s, I thought, I'm going to pump him up. I'm going to make it more like modern. And so I, I modernized the line quality. I modernized how well he was drawn because he was kind of poorly drawn in the game. <laughs> He's just like a little pixel guy. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and, and remember when I was animating Mario, we were so cheap back then that we were doing six frames per second so it was very <laughs> digitized you know yeah. we just wanted to get it in and out but yeah. we i never got to work on a 24 frame in my history mm-hmm. um which would be like that. yeah because i was i was doing my own thing while that was going on but i did get to work with all the famous you know disney people like annie gunther the very first woman ever to work mm-hmm. at disney she sat right next to wow. me while i was working so um, and she would tell me these stories, like the old, those old ugly twelve men. You know, they would say. He, he said, he says, I don't. Even, she goes, I don't even know why they made children's films. They were all like totally hated kids. And I'm, you're, you're like, <laughs> I'm like, what? And then you know, it was like just disrupted my like beingness. Like, why if they didn't like children? <laughs> because when I was working, when I was working at Deke. Um, you know, because it was, well, I don't want to get off the subject, but so I, so, you know, I started drawing Mario and then I started making him into these little cells, you know. Oh, nice. Look at that. So, so anyways, you know, this is the that. original page. That's the original Deke thing in my book. Wow. And then I, wow. and, and then I read, I redid it. And then I started painting them, you know. And so now Everybody wants me to paint more Super Mario Brothers things, so I'm going to do a second series eventually when I have time. That's my, so cool. I, but my favorite show is obviously this show. I love Slimer. <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up. I was going to bring that. Up. So you did. The, so you did Slimer and the Real Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, yeah. That's that was one of that's my another favorite. one right there. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, uh, tell us about your work on the Ghostbusters, the Real Ghostbusters. Had. Okay. Well. Um, um, this was my, this was the Ghostbuster palette. Look at that. And also, and also the Mario palette. It's called the Deke palette. Mm-hmm. So I had to, you know, I make, I had to make my keys and each. So, uh, so I was the palette maker. Okay. And, um, and so for like, for like Mighty Mouse, I made this palette. It's a different kind of a look. I got to, you know, make a whole new palette with, um, cartoon color mm-hmm. so I chose my palette and and Mighty Mouse he wanted to keep it really you know minimal because that's John Chris Volushi that was my boss he did Spumco. He, he invented Spumco you know Ren and Stimpy oh, so, nice getting better and better I'm telling you Rivka knows everybody <laughs> he, he was my boss until he got fired he let something slide you know you know uh, animators you come in you come in to, to Deke every morning and you know I was on whatever uh, Ghostbusters, and I'd go into my room, you know, with all the other Ghostbuster artists, and um, and you know, we used the copy machine a lot because we painted on cells, we xeroxed everything. Everybody got their own 
I feel so bad for the trees. At that point, I was feeling really guilty because I'm like a conservationist or not. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I am, but I love Mother Earth. And I'm like, <laughs> every single person in this entire room, and there's like 12 of us or something, we get this big wad of paper, this big, mm -hmm. we could just, you know, look through the paper and we can have a central one and look through that scene. Why do we have to waste all this paper? So I was like, so I like the idea of having things generated on the computer now. Yeah. So yeah. there's not so much paper waste, but we wasted so much paper and, and you know, you have to paint those cells. And um, like um, those cells were painted in Japan, China, um, Korea, Mexico, and Taiwan. And, you know, we take those cells back. So, you know, for every one minute of animation, there's 1,442 cells per yeah, each minute, for each minute. So all that plastic was going into the bins and I'm like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this plastic. Yeah. Uh, and so I was pulling out animation cells from all these shows you know, I'm thinking, and I know I'm going to get in trouble if anybody knows, but it doesn't matter anymore. It's all hair, hair safe. <laughs> but up in, because I was friends with all my friends from Alchemy too, they were all up on the sixth floor was where they did the main um, production. They, we were in production on the fifth floor and on the sixth floor, they were like directing the whole thing. So that's where Michael Maliani and all the big bosses and um, were, and where they would design shows. And then, mm. Um, and so my friend Alan Conley and uh, my friend Lee Harmon uh, were the color heads of color there and then they would bring the show back they would bring it down to me and so I would be responsible for handling my show after wow. that original wow. thing so anyways on Ghostbusters I had like thousands of cells and um, during my hiatus between cops and Ghostbusters you know I, I was a teacher so I would go into these classrooms and teach art and uh, down in Simi Valley. And because, um, you know, why not? I, I, I had time <laughs> and I made, I made a lot of, well, I thought I was making a lot of money. I mean, they were paying me so much money. It was embarrassing, at least for me. I thought that seemed like a lot of money. And then I come to find out that the guys on the other side of my show and working on um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're guys and they're all making, doing the same work as me, but they're making three times the amount of money. And that's when I realized, hey, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Why am I getting paid less for um, doing the same thing? And so that's when I realized that women don't get paid as much as men. But, you know, I was just really glad to be a woman in animation during that time when, like, no women were there. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. cut. Yeah. And, then, and then, of course, Deke worked us like dogs. You know, we all had our, you know, we all slept under our tables because, you know, by the time it got to color, Mm -hmm. and stuff like that we would be the last one before we'd go over to japan or wherever korea for i think super mario's was done in korea but anyways i can't be honest about that but um the the so so anyways we would we lived slept and drinked to be a wrist basically we were called we called ourselves wrists because that's all we were because once we left some wrist some other wrist would take our place yeah. but, so so while i was on hiatus um, I got all these cells and I was teaching art and I said to the kids in fourth grade, I'm like, hey, I got all these animation cells. I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to give you each one. <laughs> so oh. I gave them a cell and I was like, you, you save those cells. And eventually one day when you get it old enough to go to college, you're going to be able to pay for your college career on this cell. So I gave out thousands of dollars of things to help kids 
get an education. That's how I see it. No, yeah, so definitely. Then, yeah, so then I, I would arrange each year, I would arrange for my classes to take a tour through Deke. And so, um, wow. Uh, like I was working on Ghostbusters sitting at, sitting at my desk and all of a sudden the door would, the back door would open in like, you know, 40 kids would come through, you know, come through <laughs> looking at all the things and, you know, looking <laughs> at everything and they're overwhelmed. And then they, and then they see me, Miss Rivka, Miss Rivka, Miss Rivka, you know, they're like 10 years old and they're like, they're in stardom at the studios in LA or whatever. They took this big field trip to get there. And so, um, so they would all be whispering, hi, Miss Rivka, hi, Miss Rivka. And so they, they would pass my, they passed my desk and walk out the room and everybody in the room's like, Rivka, what are you doing on your hiatus? I'm like, well, apparently I'm having a lot more fun than you are because I have all these little kids that think I'm some sort of an amazing person. <laughs> well, that's so, because that's because you are an amazing yeah. person. I mean, you absolutely are, though. So, yeah, I mean, you're helping so out kids, man. That's big. Big, yeah, big, it big. was. That was. I love. I love being able to be one of the people in the world that promote positivity in life yes. instead of all this negative BS that's going on. Yes. That's my opinion. No, no, no. We completely agree. We want to be positive, and 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 you know, we've been through so much crap this year that it's just ridiculous. And it. We love to hear stories of bringing people up, giving opportunities, helping someone else out. I mean, these are things that we need to hear more of. Simple as that. We don't yeah. hear much of that in the news. We just don't. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. a story here and there, but I mean, I'm going to speak from experience just for a quick second. Teachers are amazing. Uh, they touch so many lives and they will shape the life. They will change the path of someone as they grow up. And a trip to Deke can change someone's perspective and lead them down the path of animation, lead them down a path of art, take them off the streets and give them a way to better themselves. Yeah. That's amazing to me. That's why I'm like, oh, hi, Miss Galante of art. Cause you know, you stand delivered <laughs> the same type of deal. You know, you take these guys <laughs> off the street and give them a path to better themselves. And I, I just, I absolutely love it. I mean, I have, I have huge respect for the teachers that pocket out of their own pocket to help the students. Cause at the end of the day, that's the future. That's where we need. And that's why this, as we say, this story, it's better and better and better and it's it's amazing riff that's amazing work yeah the, we uh, yeah we we absolutely love uh on the show uh having people come on here we've had so many different people come on to the show um we had another artist uh named paul niemeyer and he mm -hmm. um just like you uh rivka you know he shared with us his experiences as well and he didn't even realize that he um had a big impact on so many people and yeah. um, I know you have realized that even before the the Facebook thing, you you, you were a very well known artist already, and um, it's it's just great to have even more people um, discover yeah. you, and then and then not just see you as, as the person that made the Mario show, you know, when they were younger, but they can also go through your whole entire like uh, portfolio, if you will, mm -hmm. and, and see your other art as well. Um, you know, I know you were, you were on Facebook live on your, uh, almost your birthday yeah. <laughs> last week and you were oh, yes, on your, on, on your anniversary. Yeah, almost. that was my anniversary. And, uh, <laughs> you uh, were doing a painting of a couple dogs and I saw the, that's other. right. So, I mean, I, you know, uh, I've, I've seen some of your other work and that's just uh, amazing to me. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, you've had a very full life. 
and it's not over yet. You still got more things to do. Oh, sure. And oh, I no, want to talk. I... Yeah, go ahead. I'm a... Like, I just want to tell you one story about Ghostbusters. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. So my, my art director was Art Vitello, and I know that you guys are really young, but he did the 12 years of um, working on Pink, he was the head of Pink, Pink Panther. Panther, so he was the art director on Pink Panther. Oh, wow. Anyways, you know, I knew that, everybody knew that, it's just like, okay, that's really great, you know, we have an original man, Art Vitello, what the hell? So, um, <laughs> so, and I got this great palette going on, and I was working on cops, and we always had to do cop things, you know, like dark gray, and, a lot of pink for some reason my boss um, loved pink um there was still a lot of sexism in the way we had to paint the women and stuff like that <laughs> the girls so anyways there was a lot of pink and gray and um those kind of colors in my palette but so i had just assumed going on to my next show that i was going to be using kind of the same palette but i didn't really understand so after I did my first show and we all got all the animators got around my desk because I got the biggest desk <laughs> and um they put all their work there all the paintings all the drawings all the everything awesome. and then art came in and started you know like going you know okay I really like this we need to change this you know the stuff that art directors do in a big group and then he's looking at my uh, colors um, because I have to color my pieces to go so that on the background I can't color until the background is done because I don't know what's on the background so I have to work my colors around the background and each scene is different so you know I kind of have to second guess things a little bit but I'm right there with the artist so it didn't really it's okay and I we all read the same you know storyboard <laughs> but um he came in and he's looking at all my cells I haven't put it out for the show <laughs> and and then he's like pink pink I hate pink you are never, never, never allowed to use pink. I'm like, oh my God, that's half my palette. It's like, all these pinks, you know, look at my palette's half pink. You know? So anyways, he's, I was like, oh gosh, okay, 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 no pink. So, you know, I started doing everything, no pink. And then later on in the show, there was this show where Simon works for this millionaire lady in a big house and she's got this long limo and um, she's, you know, she, so I dress her up all in blue or whatever with her big, boa and then her limo i did it all really cool like leather and you know white and making it really look nice and so i go art comes out and we're all doing our thing and i'm showing him my stuff everybody's showing stuff and art's like you know i think that you should make that limo hot pink <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> so you know he was really really funny to work with and you know that was like the one show that i got to use pink in and i was really excited about that and then to <laughs> talk about one thing that you were talking about how people how you changed your life because you're a teacher i was in i guess in 1993 Mm -hmm. or somewhere around that time i was walking around the oaks mall don't ask me why i was just walking around and i never go there but um uh i was kind of walking around and this boy that was all furry faced you know you know like you guys <laughs> back in the 90s it was a little more fur because it was more popular so anyways and he's really tall and he's like probably weighs 180 pounds he was a man and he walks up and he goes excuse me ma'am and he's like wearing his guard he was wearing all in guard you know like he was a guard for the mall mall cop and so uh that was his other job but anyways 
he come up and he says, excuse me, ma'am, but you look a lot like a art teacher I had when I was in seventh grade. And I just was wondering maybe if you were, you, you were Ms. Rivka. <laughs> I'm like, what? I can't even believe it. You are way too old to be my student. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, no. I can have students that are 50 years old because I've been teaching for so long. And so, uh, so then he says, I just want you to know that you changed my life. Um, if it wasn't for you, you know, you used to stay after school and you would let us do animation and do cells without having to do some, you know, the project. You would let us do things <laughs> during lunch and, you know, because I would always have art club. And then he said, I ended up graduating from Cal Arts and now I'm an animator. And nice, it was because nice. of you. Because I was a troubled child. I'm like, hey, weren't you that guy that didn't turn in his final <laughs> exam homework because the dog ate it? And he's like, Miss Rivka, the dog really did eat it. And I'm like, now I don't believe you. But at that time, I didn't believe in him. I gave him a C minus. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, yeah. that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, those little things like that, just you don't really know the impact of that until that comes back years down the line. And yeah. then you're like, wow, you know, I really made the difference. The troubled child, troubled teen, you know, just you don't, you never know what's going on in someone's situation. And when they have no. an outlet such as art, that can just change the path to a more positive way and in a positive way. And and I've seen it firsthand, you know, I, I was right there as well. I was a troubled child, troubled teen, uh, living in East Los Angeles, living in South Central Los Angeles. And I use music as my outlet. My, my music teacher who, you know, I loved to death was there during lunch, there after school, letting me play, teaching me things. And those are the type of things that you take with you for the rest of your life. So I, I'm glad that, that, your students are coming back to show you that appreciation, you know, from all walks of life. And it's amazing to hear. I, I love it. And <laughs> it's funny that the, the student called you uh, Miss Rifka still, because there's a, there's a teacher that I run into as well. And I still, to this day, call her Miss Quesada. And she's even came <laughs> back to me and she told me, Victor, we're, we're adults now. You don't need to call me that. My name is, you know? And I'm like, I'm sorry. It's just that, you know, I have respect yeah. for you. And I've called you Miss Quesada, you know, since, since I was in school and it, that's just how you are to me. You're Miss Quesada. I, I appreciate what you've done for me and I, and I respect that. And it's a little weird to go ahead and call a teacher by their first name. So. Well, it, yeah, it, but it is really weird. And um, like when people call me Ms. Rivka, I know exactly where I know them from. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they were, they're part, I told them you may be in this class, but in my book, you're always in, you're going to be in the alumni Ms. Rivka class. And so, you know, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, to me, it's sort of like a loving way to kids that yes. they know, they got in, in, they know me more than just Rivka, they know me as Ms. Rivka, I was in their face for 185 days, telling them, <laughs> do it better, do it better, <laughs> if it doesn't hang in, if it's not gallery worth, just don't put it on my desk. <laughs> no, but those are the, the fond memories of students, you know, as much as, as, uh, to this day, you know, I'll get with my high school buddies and we'll talk about some of the teachers that we've had. And, you know, some are not so fond, but the fond ones are the ones that we're like, yeah, man, have you kept in touch with Miss Quesada? I'm going to keep using her, for example. Oh, yeah, I have. You know, oh, she's on Facebook. Oh, she's oh, you got to give me her information because, you know, I got to tell her how much she changed me because of this, this and this. I'm like, dude, for sure you got it. I'll, I'll give you the information. Yeah. And it's that's the kind I of wanna... stuff that's amazing. 
I want to be Ms. Kasava's Facebook friend. Will you suggest? <laughs> <laughs> she sounds really cool. <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. And, and just to give you a very brief uh, story with her, uh, she was my Spanish teacher, and it was her first year teaching high school Spanish. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, I'm a little bit of a shame to say this. I am of Hispanic heritage, and I've lived in Los Angeles my whole life. Uh, and my Spanish is not that great. It's pretty horrible. So she helped me out with that. So, you know, again, life changer, because I definitely needed to make sure I was able to speak serviceable Spanish. And she was always there for me to help me out. So, so she not only did that for me, she did that for many others. So, you know, first I, year, first year teacher. I, you know, I go to Mexico uh, as much as possible. So I have to learn I have to know some Spanish, like, no, it's le it's legal. Because, you know, in, 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 when I fly into like Puerto Vallarta in the back neighborhood, I mean, the real neighborhood, <laughs> um, you know, they're, they, they don't have a lot of art. They have a lot of graffiti. Yeah. Um, so I will go down to the neighborhood and um, I bring my paints and I just go from house to house and I ask them, do you want me to, make this graffiti piece on your wall look um, beautiful. And so I take the original graffiti, whatever the whatever it was, because I don't want to get involved with any gang <laughs> things. <laughs> I, I take that gang thing and I and get inspired from the tag and I make these amazing murals for people down in Mexico um, from taggers. And um, the great thing about my murals in Mexico, they don't tag over my murals. So, because I honor their tag. No, that, that's and a big so sign of respect. I know that. That's a huge sign of respect when they don't, oh, yeah. you know, when they don't disrespect your work. So, yeah. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. So, uh, so uh, before we go, one thing I definitely wanted to, uh, you know, we definitely, we're all about uh, whenever we have a guest on the show, we want to promote their upcoming work and their projects and things like that. And you had shared with me um, that you're in the process of writing a book uh, called the uh, Adventures of Ms. Rivka, which mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like we've already experienced quite a bit of that right? already on the show. It's oh, it's just a little bit. I we got the whole... we, oh, we got the audio version of the book today. I figured as much, but um, share with us how that how your progress on that book is going. Um, you know, if you have an idea of when we can expect to be able to get this book, and then any other projects that you have going on as well. Well, you know, the, the thing about writing is I, I have dyslexia, so I only write short stories. So I, and, and, and then because I was a teacher, you know, you always have to, and, you know, say something because I wrote the California State Standards for Art. So you have to have the cultural and the, the historical part when you introduce something. So, you know, my student, my student, um, you know, I always have a story for everything. So anyways this kid comes up to me after school and he goes, Ms. Rivka, you have a story for everything. And I'm like, yes, I do. And if I, <laughs> and I said, and, um, if I don't have a story, I'll make one up for you. But I have too many real stories that are so like unbelievable that, you know, I, I, I think I should write a, a book called The Adventures of Ms. Rivka and make these little short, little funny things. So, you know, um, I started with the death of Michael Jackson. Um, that was my first story and you know he was my friend and I was just devastated I was driving home from work and it's I was listening to Mexican radio and um 
and they said, um, Michael Jackson, you know, Muerte. Um, and I'm wow. like, what? Did I hear that? And then I turned it to an American English station and I heard that he had died. And then that's how my book started. And I kept writing and writing and I have a bunch of stories. But the only thing is that I have a life that I want to um, like live. And if I sat down and write story, my stories down, then I wouldn't have time to do my, what I have to do. There's so many people that want so much stuff from me. I have to like divide my time. So I write down this in my book. I have like this page in one of my books of every story that I'm going to try to write. Cause my father was an interesting person and he was <laughs> some of my stories. He's, he's a man, all of his own thing. So anyways, um, and my dad was writing a book called the adventures of a country doctor. So I thought I'm going to write a story about the adventures of, Ms. Rifka, and I was just going to kind of keep it with my uh, teaching, but then it ended up starting. My life is so amazing. I have so many amazing stories that I don't know that they're amazing because people go, oh my God, I can't believe it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I guess, you know, the book isn't going to be coming out anytime soon, but I will send you, if you would <laughs> like, one of my uh, stories that was inspired um, by Pablo Picasso's wife you know, surviving Picasso. So I wrote a story because I had a bit of an inf a thing about that incident. So I'll send you that. Yes, most definitely. Okay. Yeah. okay, but you can't, you can't like put it on. No, it, no, no. It's your personal yeah. thing. We don't do that. Yeah. It's, but that one, it was my longest story. It was 13 chapters long and I really could write a whole book about it, but I wanted to move forward because I like to keep things up and be upbeat and positive. So I always try to find the positive things and, People always say, you know, the worst thing could be having this terrible thing, and then you turn around and turn it into like, hey, you know, but there's this positive side about it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah. I, I strongly believe that there's a yin and yang with, you know, situations, and there's going to be a negative side, and there's always a positive, even a small, even if it's small, there's always yeah. a positive outlook with a situation, event, or whatever may may come of, may come of it, but um. Yeah, speaking about you not even realizing how amazing your life has been until someone tells you nonchalantly you bring up Michael Jackson's my, was my friend, you know, and oh, it's like, yeah. what, what? Well, <laughs> you had a personal Well, I, <laughs> you know? I was in that circle, I was in that circle, you know, because my friends from college just happened to know Muhammad, and so I got to be with Muhammad, and then I got to meet Michael, but, um, because Muhammad's wife was friends with Michael. But then Michael was also part of my life because, um, well, we had his, he, we, we, uh, he, he would come to, he was the most amazing guy, you guys. I know that he's got a lot of bad, whatever, but like we had this, my, my dad had a nurse and in her office, her daughter was dying of cancer and she was only seven. And she, um, she was, her last wish was to meet Michael Jackson. So, you know, I got in touch with Michael. My mom um, got her him to go to the hospital and he spent the entire day by her bedside talking about unicorns and rainbows or whatever he was talking about with her. And, you know, he's just like the most sensitive, whatever um, human being. And the thing about Michael is like, he was, it was like got, the universe needed Michael up there because something big is happening. And Michael is going to be the head of the choir. <laughs> <or something. laughs> yeah, but no. yeah, but 
but because of my career, I mean, I've, I've gotten to meet people like Cher and Chevy Chase and all these like, and then all these famous animators and all these famous artists. I got to meet Pablo Picasso and I got to meet Rauschenberg and Jim Dine and all these really, really famous people because my, in my school at CSUN at the time, my teachers were at the age where they knew those guys, they worked with them, you know, they were working side by side with them. So we would get to go to their studios and meet them and down in Venice and all those places down there because LA has a lot mm -hmm. of artists. So that's why I'm so fortunate to, um, you know, know all these famous people and, and I, and, but you know what, just like anybody else, um, Muhammad puts his pants on one leg at a time and so did Michael. Well, maybe Michael jumped in. They jumped into him, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but, but I like to, and then, you know, of course I worked at um, very famous schools where I got to work with the Brat Pack, you know, all those famous movie stars over at Viewpoint School in, in, in um, Calabasas. So I had a lot of really, um, well, you know, like Tom Selleck was one of my parents, you know, so I, I had to have parent conferences with like these movie stars that were, you know, in all these films. And, um, and I was saying, you know what, I want to have like a big party where all the parents and all the kids come to my house and, you know, we have a big party because this is really an exciting year for me because first time I've taught first grade because I was teaching first grade. <laughs> but, you know, anyways, um, and then the other teacher goes, Rivka, you know, I've been to your house and, you know, it's a really cool house, but you don't want these, these people come into your house. They're like really like, like whatever. She was like impressed <laughs> with them or something. And I was like, so if you're famous, then you can't come to my party. Is that what you say? She didn't know anything about my background. So, I mean, I feel comfortable around the, the, the most um, honorary gangster and I feel the most <laughs> comfortable around the most famous person. It doesn't mean anything to me. And my favorite, favorite thing to do, I, I moved to the mountains to be with my brother, but also to get away from like being recognized on the street. And, um, and so I just wanted to get away. So I came up to the mountains here in Yosemite. And um, it, it was, um, you know, a really great move for me to come here. But then um, when I went on, um, you know, when I go to the store at Vons or wherever I go, I don't mean to push Vons, but that's our store up here. And um, there's these little old ladies because it's a, it's like an old town. So these little tiny men, they're all like crooked like this and they're walking through <laughs> groceries and they can't reach that thing on the top. And I'm always right there. I'll, I'll get that for you, ma'am, here. Let me put it in your cart. Yeah. And then they're like, you're so sweet. And I'm like, you're so beautiful. Oh my God, look at you. You're just like a shining star. And they're like, they're like these old wrinkly people, but I don't know, they are so cute and so <laughs> adorable. And so, you know, I, I like to give um, or, like compliments to total strangers. That's like my, one of my favorite things to do because everybody deserves to have, to be like, they're the most important person in the whole world. And so, you know, being on your show and having this podcast with you two nice boys or, you know, men, I'm sorry. <laughs> my kids are my kids are older than you, <laughs> but, I, but I, I, you know, my 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 youngest son, he he loves Super Mario Bros. and all those heroes and stuff like that. He's a little younger than you, but um, it's you still have that youthfulness about you. And I just love your generation because your generation 
that I might have been some famous artist or worked on some famous thing or whatever it is that you see me as, but really I, I'm depending on you guys and your, and your work as a group of people your age to, to bring us into the age of the Jaguar, the age of consciousness, mm -hmm. the age that, you know, you don't have to go into a big studio lit with all these things. You can do it in your kitchen or your basement or wherever you're podcasting from, and you can make a living and you don't have to get in your car and drive somewhere and put smoke into the air. So, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever. And so I love the way your generation is bringing us up into the, to the 20, 21st century. And I know it's a rough ride, but you know, birth is very difficult. Mm -hmm. You know, get, getting through that birth canal, and then the guy slaps you on the bottom, <laughs> you know, you're like, what? <laughs> you know, so, you know, I know that birth is really hard, but, and I know that my generation, I know we didn't do very much for you guys, but we tried, but the people on the top are so wealthy that we couldn't get things through that we really wanted to. So we're, we're depending on you guys and girls and every kind of walk of life, um, however you want to describe yourself. Um, we're still all earthlings and I really, really appreciate you, your generation bringing it flourishing. But my generation, I just want you to know, my generation brought you guys really good music. <laughs> Definitely. That, that it did. That, that it did. Fact. Yep. That is an absolute that it fact. Did. <laughs> well, Rivka, we, uh, Victor and I, we really do appreciate you taking the time out of your day to, um, to be with us here on the show you're just an incredibly beautiful person uh, inside and out. You have, I know you've got, we just got just a, just a little taste, a little of, taste. Of, of what you, uh, of what you've experienced in your life. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the show later on at some point to go uh, into more uh, of your story and hear more about your work and things like that. And um, you, you just, uh, you, I'm sure you've been a blessing to so many people with yes. your work and um, have really touched their lives and, you know, I love, uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a long time now. We've had several people tell us this, these same things of, um, you know, we're, we're all about positivity here. We don't like to focus on the negative. We don't act like it doesn't exist, like you said yeah. earlier, but we're not ignorant to it. But, um, but we, we want to, you know, we're all about building up people. And, you know, I have this mantra of, you know, uh, I don't want to be on the top by myself. I want to pull people up with me. Yes. And I know you're that way too. Absolutely. You can tell mm -hmm. that for mm -hmm. a fact is you're, you've been teaching students and trying to give them, uh, you know, and, and help them uh, open their gifts and expand their gifts just like you did. And uh, I love that. I love hearing that. That's what we're all about here is, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it is, uh, uh, is enjoying other people's stories and, uh, the positivity and um, how they've touched other people's lives. And that's what we, we love doing here. That's what the show is all about. Yeah. Is, positivity is breeds positivity, man. That's just how it is. And, and we try, we're trying to spread as much of it as possible. And, and I'm really happy to hear, you know, Rivka's doing it on her own too, you know, telling everybody looking great, looking great. Let's give a compliment here and there. I've done that a couple of times too. I'm still not comfortable to do it every single day though, but I'm, yeah. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a big plus. The world needs people like Rivka or more, and a lot more people like that. And um, I'm just I'm glad to hear that, that, that at least we got a little taste of, you know, the inside <laughs> of, of, of Rivka here and what she's done in, in, with her life. So thank you. Thank you're you. Welcome. You're welcome. And um, maybe I should do, you know, just sit down and write a short story about how I met Brian, how I met you guys. <laughs> 
That would be fantastic. Let's do it. Let's do it. That'd be great. Okay, well, I'll sit down and I'll write something. I'll, I'll hold on because I'm I'm older. I'm an older lady. I you know sometimes I forget, so um, I want to write it so that it's on my front. So <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. You know, I have a little notepad on my desk too. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's the sticky notes are the most important thing, but I don't have sticky notes. Yes. So I have tape and tape, and I use, I I I. This is this is how sad I am. I, my notes for my class are all on, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I love that. So That's crazy. cool. Yeah. These are my yeah. this is my teaching notes for my new class. That here. is so. That is, that is very very creative. Well, Rivka, thank you so much again for being on our show, and uh, I do want to give a. I, I do want to say to the folks listening at home, um, if you're someone like Miss Rivka here who. Um, you know, has a, you know, wants to share with us your talents and uh, your art, you know, art comes in many forms. Oh yeah. Um, you know, pretty much just about anything can really be art these days. And I love, I love that. And I love hearing, we love hearing that here on the show. So if you want to be on our show and you want to be our guest on here and you want to promote what you do and tell everybody your story and things like that, please uh, let us know. You can leave a comment below. This will be on YouTube. So you guys can check this out. You guys are watching right now from YouTube. And then, uh, of course, you guys can listen to our show on Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're on uh, iTunes. We're on Google Music. We're on SoundCloud. So uh, you have so many different options to listen to our show here. And um, next week is actually our 40th episode, believe it or not. So uh, we're going to be celebrating that. We're going to have a couple of our old hosts. Uh, to, we're going to bring them back. And some of that uh, dragon cast family what, together. Yeah. See what they see what they've been up to uh, over the years, and we're gonna we're excited to have them on the show and uh, kind of relive some old dragon cast memories here. And uh, looking forward to having some other guests on as well. We're always planning. Victor and I are also be sure to check out our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com forward slash the dragon cast and uh, you can uh, help uh, support our show that way. It starts as little as a dollar a month. That's it. And uh, we're looking at actually um, going uh, and doing some uh, conventions next year. Uh, mm -hmm, hopefully mm -hmm. once this uh, whole situation going on gets a lot better, we'll be able to go into conventions and things like that. And uh, I meant to ask you, Rifka, have you thought about, have you done any conventions before? Like, have you ever been to any cons and things like that and displayed your art? That's a, that would be a perfect place for you to, to showcase your art. Mm -hmm. Well, I've only I've only been to the music convention down in LA because my my cousins are into you know they you know he we have musicians and so I do the the, the music one but I've never been to Comic Con I really want to experience yeah. it. Oh yeah! But, oh yeah! <laughs> I mean, if I, I showed up at, if I showed up yeah. at Comic Con, um, I, I would be overwhelmed with the amazing things that is, are going on right now in, in, in animation and, and um, comic books and yeah. Um, yeah. and just, it's it's probably, it will bring me to tears. I probably couldn't have a booth, but I would, <laughs> but if you're, if you have a booth, I'll sit at your booth and be a guest at your booth. No, that'd be great. Well, that's but, actually funny. Cause that's what we're planning. Oh, we're, we're planning. We are that's planning on, uh, yeah, so we're, we're actually, Victor and I have been talking for a while. We're planning on, we want to, uh, that's the that's the reason for the Patreon is the, the, the those of you that donate to the Patreon and you become a patron of our show, all of that money um, does not go into our pocket. It's actually to help make this podcast better. Victor and I are planning on uh, going on the road next year. Uh, once again, uh, 
all things considered, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we want to do some. We want to do some. <laughs> we want to do some shows in person, and we want to meet some of our fans. That's right. And uh, we'd love to have guests like uh, Miss Rifka over here on our show and sit with us at a booth. So uh, maybe you'll see us at San Diego Comic Con next year, and we'll yeah. uh, maybe that's yeah. the plan. That's the goal. Well, and there's a ton of other cons too, as well in uh, California. Yeah. Well, I think that San Diego one would be nice weather. Oh yeah. Definitely. Oh my God. Right? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. And because, it, and because it's so close to Hollywood, I'm sure there'll be some really good outfits. <laughs> <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely. I've I've never been to California, so you guys have to show uh, me around. Like, oh. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. I'll, we'll totally be your guides. I'll show you bridges yes. you've never been to before. Right. Yes. All, all, all of the I hidden, love the bridges. I love all of the, the hidden graffiti art that's you know yeah. littered throughout the city, man. It's it's amazing some of the stuff you'll find on walls and under bridges and all. Yeah. It's it's a very cultured um, location, and you'll find all kinds of stuff out here, man. You'll definitely it, enjoy it. If if you live in Fresno, I'm on the Fresno Art Walk, like the murals of Fresno. So you can go down there and see incredible graffiti. And my piece is in it happens, the one that's on that thing, it happens to be at a shop. But, um, <laughs> uh, but um, if, if you, if you the, the gra- graffiti is alive and well here and yeah. the, it's loved, it's respected by people who respect good art. Mm-hmm, and, um, but, mm-hmm. But the only thing is because it's in that realm of, hey, you, you did that at night. But in Fresno, you're allowed to. They, they let you do the buildings. They give you the, they give you the building, and then yeah. you do what you want. Yeah. So it's a, it's a really That's nice great. culture in Fresno. It's not a bunch of gangy things. It's more like taking to the next level. So yeah. we'll show you around. Absolutely. Yeah. I would I would love for you guys to be my tour guide coming there. That'll be a plan. We gotta do always it. wanted to go to the West Coast, man. I've been I've been all over the East Coast over here. So I want to well, go we'll, to the West Coast. We'll, we'll plan it once all this fire business is done and done with. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah. yeah. It's, it's horrible right now. And and then again, just everybody in, in the West Coast right now, up to Oregon, Washington, and throughout California, be safe. Oh yeah. Be, be smart. Yeah. You know, don't be out there Absolutely. if you don't need to be because you know that air quality right now is, is just horrible. Uh, so please be safe, be smart, guys, and uh, you know just just be careful, man. It's, Absolutely, it's really- yeah, we're yeah we're definitely our thoughts and prayers and hearts are with all those uh, going through this terrible mess with the fires there in California, and I know I believe there's some in Oregon as well, um, so affecting affecting them there. But uh, once again, uh, Ms. Rifka, thank you so much for sharing, uh, you know, your story with us. Part, just a small part of your story, a smart but still. Piece. Uh, you know, great nonetheless. And uh, thank you uh, to all of you who uh, tuned in to uh, w- watch this episode. If you're on YouTube or listen to it on Spotify, we definitely appreciate you. And uh, until next time, guys, which I'll be signing off and we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, guys. Later, guys. Bye. Thank you.